morning, everybody. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman. We taste better, and we are well into season four now. We are having a great time uh, in this season. We've had an incredible lineup. Uh, we had a bit of a break over the Chagim because it's a bit hard to get into the studio. And now, because it was always air of something. If it wasn't air of Shabbos, it was air of Yontif. But now we've had, you know, Yontif is way behind us. We last week we had an action pack show, and today will be no different. We're very excited. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Naomi Nachman, and I am about. All the food, all the time. I love to shop for food, cook food, eat food, anything food related. That's that's me. <laughs> I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I give cooking classes. Um, anytime you don't feel like cooking, you can give me a call and I'll do it all for you. I hope you'll tune in every week and hear um, about our exciting uh, guests, our kosher food traveling, sharing of great ideas and recipes each week. But I want to hear about hear about yours. So email me at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com and um, we can get the conversation going. So if you'll eat it, cook it, please share it. Um, I got that line a little bit better then, right? There's okay. <laughs> eat it, cook, and then share it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so find me on interest, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, my newsletter, theaussiegourmet.com. Um, I just wanted to let you all know I'm continuing my giveaway, but you have to become a follower of Naomi Nachman and of the Nachum Siegel Network on Instagram. Um, you have to follow us. Like the picture of the waffle maker that I'm, I've posted last week, the one that does not have the um, potato kugel in it. It's just a plain waffle maker. Um, and you could be owner with the of the new waffle maker of a new waffle maker and owner of the recipe that comes along with it to make awesome potato kugel waffles. So I hope you that you will join me um, on Instagram as well as our amazing show today. Stay tuned. We have an action-packed hour. First up, we're going to have Linda Reed, who is an author of the amazing cookbook. What fork do I use? I know, amazing, right? It's not even a cook. It's not a, actually a cookbook. It's all about the before the cooking. But between, I guess it's between the cooking and the eating. That's what I would like to say, that we're going to learn how to set it all up and how to make your table beautiful. Um, we also have uh, on the line, we're going to be having uh, in a few minutes, Linda Sadaka from Mums and a Mitzvah with a bake-off that's going to be having. Um, she's going to be on the phone in a little bit. And then, of course, live right here in the studio on the Lower East Side, we have incredible cheesemakers right here in the studio. We're going to introduce you guys in a couple of minutes, but let's have a big wave. Mark and Elizabeth. Okay, a lot of pressure there. <laughs> and then we're going to have, um, she's on the phone now. Linda Sadaka is on the phone right now. Linda? Yes. Linda Hi, Sadaka. How are you? Mum's Thank you so on, much for having me. Mum's on a mitzvah. Thank you so much for reaching out to me to, so, be, to be part of this amazing challah baking team that we've got going. Yes, absolutely. And if anybody wants to hear more about that, they can go on our Instagram site, which is mom's underscore on underscore a underscore mitzvah in, on Instagram. Okay, yeah, we've been talking a lot about Instagram this morning, so make sure you <laughs> follow them as well. So talk to me about the concept of how this Mums on a Mitzvah got started and then lead it into the Yachala the, uh, Bake Off that we have next week. Sure, thank you. So uh, a little over a year ago, um, I don't know if many of you would recall the name, Rafael Elisha HaKohen, um, and if it is familiar to you, it probably is because of the petition that we had circulating to get the FDA to relent um, on a drug that he needed. Um, so it, it basically began because my sister in Houston, um, her son was best friends with this child who was six years old, um, and we found out that he was very sick. He had a brain tumor, a very oh, yeah. rare form of a brain tumor. And my sister kept telling me about him, and every time I heard about him, I would daven for him. But being a people person, I got other people to daven for him, and I had challah bakes for him and, and, and just uh, getting people to keep tzniyas for him and, and God willing, you know, that he would, in that merit, get better. Eventually, I connected with the mother in Houston, and um, her needs changed, and it wasn't just to feel anymore. She decided to come to New York, so I helped bring her in. And basically, I had all these amazing groups that had a Chalabay group that maybe had 200 women. I had a Tehillim group that had another 200 women. I had the Sneeze group, which was a shy 40 women. <laughs> but nonetheless, all these different groups, when they heard that Rafael Alicia was coming in, wanted to be a part of helping the family. 
So um, basically, that is how Moms in a Mitzvah started. And we just started helping other people after Rafael Alicia Cohen as well. And because we're a group of women, um, the Chalabay spoke to us because we can't just do cancer all the time and we can't just do poor people all the time. We need something that's going to excite us and, and keep us motivated. And the Chalabay did that. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So how many people did you have at your Chalabay last year? So last year we did it very small because I brought in Brigitte Gabriel, who's a world-renowned terrorist expert. We have three different divisions to Moms on a Mitzvah. We have Basic Moms on a Mitzvah Chesed, which is where the cancer and, you know, helping people that... With illnesses. Right. And not just illnesses. Um, we've helped abuse children out of, oh. out of homes uh, that where they were being abused. We've helped poor people who, like literally, I've walked into homes and I've seen people sleeping on the floor, children sleeping on the floor, because they had no money for mattresses. Um, so we've helped people, you know, that were impoverished. That's the basic chesed. Then we have moms on a mitzvah political, which is kind of what we did with Brigitte, bringing her in um, and, and just educating the community on terrorism and, and such. And then we have Project Soulmate, which maybe is familiar to some of you, which has actually had four shidduchim. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> really Beautiful. Nice. Yeah. So, so the Moms on a Mitzvah last year was doing the uh, Brigitte Gabriel, so it was really at the same time as the October um, uh, Chalabake. So we the did Shabbos it very Project small. Ones. It was like 200 women. Small uh, 200. <laughs> That's right. amazing. No, it was really small, and it was like 48 hours in the making. So it was just like super, super quick, and it wasn't really like the way we do things. We like to one-up whatever we do, and that's why this year I said, you know, we're not going to have any event. We're just going to be completely free for this um, challah bake, which we're so excited to do, and that's why we brought on Naomi Nachman (laughs) and all these other great food bloggers and chefs and authors, and we're just so excited to to do this. Can you run down the list quickly? So I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I I know we We have We can do it together. Kim Kushner. Uh, Woo! She was actually the first guest of season four right here in the studio. Beautiful. She's a former Montreal. Yeah, I can hear your Montreal accent. I can hear your accent. (laughs) And uh, we have Aliza Salem from the Ghetto Gourmet. We have Levana uh, Kirschenbaum. We have uh, Shashi Shashi Turin cooking um, in in heels. heels. Chef Chaya. Right, Chef Chaya also. We have a tremendous lineup. Shifra of, Klein, I think, is also coming. Yeah, Emma, Shifra, exactly. Um, it's an it's really an amazing lineup because I think we pretty much got, I mean we didn't get everybody because you know time, police constraints we can't right. get Esther, everybody but we we got a lot of amazing women and we have gluten free chalabake with Esther yes we do with That's Esther's definitely coming definitely a need because a lot of people are gluten free um, and t- cannot tolerate gluten so that was a very positive uh, That's great that you did Cooper that with Dweck also oh fabulous um, I love we it. have Claudia Bilderici um, we have also Emily Mastry yeah. Barbara Ben Susan, we yeah. have a, a really an, a Kelly Cohen also from Organic Diary, yeah. all incredible women, and we really hope to inspire women to really do this, God willing, on a constant basis. Because I know that some of the women that have signed up never bake challah ever. Right, right, and it's such an easy thing to do, and such like women don't have so many like mitzvah pertaining just to them, but challah baking is is one of them, yeah, and and it it's <laughs> such I really like go out of my way of. Every era of Shabbos and every era of Yontav to bake. I am um, with you on that. I do it every single week, and I'll give out my challahs to people who need challah so that I can bake it again the next week, except in the summer. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. The <laughs> summer, it's a little bit hard, but, but God willing, in the winter, it's just about every week. And there's so many people to pray for, so it's always um Right, absolutely. So h- how does one sign up? For, so for I think the best thing is I'm going to give my number. Okay. <laughs> the link is so so long. I don't yeah, it is a long link, and then I'm the going to also if, um, you, if you go to I, I what I did for you before you give out your numbers yeah. when you go to Naomi Nachman on Instagram and you go to the Chalab, my um my actually my um bio line on the on the um Instagram page actually is a link straight to it. Oh, perfect. Yes, we have that on Moms on a Mitz, and I believe many of the chefs did that as well. Um, however, if someone does not have Instagram, I, I don't mind giving my number out. I just hope no one will take advantage of that. <laughs> I'm sure not. This is you are a, yeah. a, a, such a chesedic lady. I, I, I'm like so can't wait to meet you in person. Thank you, with pleasure. I'm, I'm honored uh, that you're a part of it. So my phone number, my text number would be three four seven six two three four seven one eight. Hi, at re- the end. Repeat that. Repeat that. Sure. Three four seven six two three. 4718.
Okay. Um, if you're having any trouble getting through, email me, Naomi at nachamsegel.com and I will try to put you in touch. But you choose, like there's all, there's all those, maybe the 10 chefs and then you choose who you want to bake your challah with. Like I'm doing pumpkin challah, um, at my table. Um, so you can ch- come and do challah with me or you can ch- choose Chef Chaya or I think Kim Krishna sold out. She's awesome. Yes, she is. Um, <laughs> and Chef Chaya or, uh, Sashi Turin from Cooking in Heels, Lavana, Pupa, Emily. Yeah, everybody's doing something different. So it's really, a, it's really phenomenal. So even if you do bake challah once a week, um, you're still going to learn a new technique, a new uh, topping, a new kind of like pumpkin challah. Who would have thought of that? Right, because I came up with it for Thanksgiving, and then I, you know, like that time of the year, the fall, that all those fall flavors come into the recipe. It's like really cool, Stunning. and then you put marshmallows on top. <laughs> oh wow, amazing, incredible! I can't wait to see everybody in action. It's going to be so much fun. I'm so excited for this. It's like, so the deadline for sign up is actually October 12th, because you know this kind of oh. a thing we have to be really seamless about. We have to order everything. In advance. So okay. Uh, so if you have missed deadline, the deadline, yeah. try to like and and just get us get it in as soon as possible. Right. Absolutely. And there is a cover charge. Um, that's just to cover the cost of the ingredients. Um, and women are going to be leaving with their own challahs so that they can bake at home. Um, but it's going to be very fun. We're going to have a little inspirational uh, few words from from uh, Violet Chakori, which is a, a Rabbitson in our area. Beautiful. Um, and we also have a fabulous MC. It's just going to be phenomenal. And a little gift, a parting gift oh, for all the women. that's so nice. I, I know today is October 15th, so if the women haven't signed up yet, make sure you do it this morning at the, at the latest, at the very yeah. latest. Like yeah. by the time this show is over at 10 o'clock, we need to make sure that. You're all so we'll, signed we'll up. We'll extend that just for, for just table for, for Naomi Nachman listeners. <laughs> for the table for two. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I look forward to meeting you. So thank it's you. it's Wednesday, um, and it's during the day, which is nice. I actually was pushing for that when you guys asked day or night. I'm like day because you know um, there are other chalabeks going on at night, so you can go to so many of them. But it's nice, like especially the mummies that are at home. To do something, it's such a beautiful thing. Well, we purposefully chose 11.30 and hopefully we'll finish uh, promptly at 2.30 to really accommodate the women who have that 2.30 pickup. So, you Amazing. Know. And it's out there in Brooklyn. Yes, it's at the Sephardic Center. And I want to say that all the chefs, everybody, even the center, gave us the room for free. The chefs are not being paid for this. They're really doing this out of love for the Shabbos Project and wanting to inspire women. I, I'm so I'm so uh, honored and humbled by the graciousness of, of Yiddin all across the all across the communities. It's it's really beautiful. Your organization has taught us a lot and you know, pushing us to be a better person. So thank you very much. Thank you again. Okay, and I'll see you in a week or so. Yes. A couple of days maybe even. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Thanks so much. Take care. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Okay, that was Linda Sadaka. Wow, she's like really inspirational. I'm like very uh, taken back um, by the amount. I didn't realize how big Mums on a Mitzvah actually was So and how many divisions it had. A lot for us all to push ourselves to be better people. On the other li- on the line, on the other line, we're switching from Linda to Linda. We went from Linda Sadaka. We are going back three hours in time to Linda Reed. She is right now in um, Portland, Oregon. Is that right, Linda? Eugene, Oregon. But you're Eugene, close. Oregon. Okay. Wow. Hi. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for joining me. Um, Linda is uh, a cook. Well, and I keep saying cookbook author because. You know, it's a food show, and this is the first non-cookbook I've cut. It's come across my desk, but it's all about how you serve the beautiful food that you've made. Absolutely. Well, I'd be a cookbook author in my dreams, however. Does that count? <laughs> I, 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 I'm so excited about this book when uh, Trina Kay, your publicist, who's a very, I'm very friendly with, and she sends a lot of amazing things across my desk. She asked me about this book, and I'm like, this is a great thing to have because people – you know, I find Americans a little bit more. I know I'm sounding like an Australian snob, right? But like, don't know how to set a table properly. My dad like made us like line up the cutlery. So if you're a Downton Abbey fan, this is something for you to get your hands on because if you like a beautiful table like my dad, he would like make sure the cutlery and the plates were all lined up straight and the glass was just so. This is the this is the book to help you do it. Well, it is, although it. It doesn't have to be in the style of Downton Abbey. We start off in the very beginning of the book with a simple breakfast, so it covers it all from simple to, to formal. 
Yeah, it's great. Now, how did you get your training? How did you know what to do? Well, my business partner, Rosemary Burns, and I both attended the Protocol School of Washington, and we actually live in two different states. She lives in California in the Bay Area, and I, of course, live in Eugene, Oregon. And we met at one of uh, several certifications that we took at the Protocol School of Washington there in Washington, D.C. Oh, on our side of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Of the United States. Okay, cool. Right, right. And so neither one of us came from backgrounds where we had any kind of formal training whatsoever. Uh, Rosemary grew up in a Portuguese family, and she tells a charming story about she had three sisters, and her they had this um, towel that they would pass around instead of a table napkin. And so each of the sisters had a corner, and her mom and dad had the middle. So they called it a puno, and they would pass it around the table for them to dab their lips throughout the dinner. And uh, so it's just it's rather charming story about what we didn't know. <laughs> True. And I grew up on a farm, and I my mom would set the table with the knife, fork, and spoon all on the right hand side of the table. I had no idea that that was not the correct way to do it. And I didn't know that you wouldn't, weren't supposed to put that teaspoon on the place setting unless it had a purpose, but we put it on there every single meal, whether we need it or not. And it, for both Rose and myself, we were lifetime learners. We knew that we didn't know a lot about dining, and it made us nervous when we would be invited out to events, and we would do sleepovers with friends or maybe go away for a weekend with, with some friends as teenagers. And for myself, I, sometimes I was just so nervous I couldn't even swallow my own food. So <laughs> it was one of those situations where we wanted to learn to be better. So later on in life, at, we then attended the Protocol School of Washington. And it was actually Rosemary's idea for a very long time to create a small book that had table-setting diagrams and then have some dining do's and don'ts that went with it. I'm going to show the listeners. We actually have a YouTube channel where people can watch on the Nachum Siegel net on YouTube. Um, and I'm just going to open up the uh, book to here. I'm opening up to two or three course dinner beginning with soup. Okay, so I'm holding it up to the, to the people that are watching. Um, you can watch now on NachumSiegel.com or on the archives later. And you see a beautiful picture it's got a little bit of color in as well of of where everything should lay on the table okay yes and and the the nice thing about this is that they they don't have to know anything going into it they can turn to that page they can decide what menu they want and then they figure out which place setting applies and we did put suggested menus at the top so it gave them an idea. Sometimes people look at a picture and they still don't know what kind of food that they would serve with that particular place setting. Right, right. So here I've got six-course formal affair, set continental style. I'm not sure what continental style means. Can you tell us? Absolutely. There's an American style of dining and there's a continental style. And then there's the rest of the world. (laughs) Well, yes, there's the caveman style, which we reference on the styles of eating, but <laughs> yeah, we're not promoting caveman style. We're trying to reform the caveman. Yes, agreed. But the the in terms of the place setting, when you're if you are you showing the six course formal? Yes, I'm doing the six course formal. Okay, can well, you see that? They, are we getting that on the camera, ZK? Okay. So what what you'll see if you look closely, you'll see that the salad fork is on the inside. It's next to the charger. And that would be when you have your sequence of events as they're starting for the dinner, they start with their seafood cocktail first, and that's working from the outside in. And then you see the soup spoon, so that would be your next course. And then with each of the corresponding forks, you would use the corresponding knife. So then would come the fish knife, so the fish course. Then would come your main course. And in the European or continental style of dining, the salad is served after the main course. Really? Did you know that, Elizabeth? You seem to be nodding. I have a slight memory of this. From <laughs> uh, they, I think it's really cool. And you have a dessert fork. You have one, two, three, four, six glasses as well. Five glasses. One, two. Yes, correct. Sorry. <laughs> um, Unless there's a little one that you're hiding there. No, no, no. It's great. Uh, we see five here. And there's even you've given... The, uh, suggestions, uh, mixed seafood co- seafood cocktail, that could be any kind of salmon or um, 
you know, if you don't eat, uh, if you're, I guess if you don't eat fish, you could serve like any kind of appetizer, right? Well, what I do, because I have some guests that are have seafood allergies, so I serve, like, one time I served cantaloupe and watermelon. Okay, because, you know, this, traditionally kosher, we do not eat seafood, so we sure. an, a nice fruit thing would be nice instead. Yes, absolutely, and the same fork applies, and... And I did it the same colors as the, so I used watermelon because then it sort of looked like the, the crab or, you know, the <laughs> little pink, little pink shrimp. Oh, and okay. So we can make it kosher. We can make it kosher. And then we had the, um, uh, second course, which is soup. And then the third course, which is a stuffed trout with tahini sauce. Oh, yum. Um, then we had our fourth course is phyllo purses with chicken and caramelized onions, herb potatoes. And then there was a fifth course of a Mediterranean chopped salad. And then the sixth course, I guess, which is dessert, apple salmon phyllo crumble with ice cream. This sounds like a great Rosh Hashanah menu. <laughs> or for Sukkot or a lovely Shabbos meal. We just need the recipes. But we can find those. We can, well, find, actually, we can create our own. And even have a menu card on the charger plate. Have you had, have you had Zove on your program before? Who? Zove. She's out of L.A., a cookbook author. No, we will have to hunt her down. Well, yes, talk to Trina. She knows her. Okay. Uh, these, all of the recipes, these menu suggestions, uh, there are books in the back of our, uh, on page 71 in the back of the book, and it recommends these books. So one of them is called Simply Zove, and there's another one that has Zove recipes from the from the heart. And oh, so cute. Yeah, yeah, she's has fabulous restaurants there in LA and a great great chef. So. I'm actually I'm actually holding up now how to set up a buffet. So which is I think a great thing because you know a lot of a lot of our kosher catering and and serving our our families quite often will um, resort to um, a buffet style or you're having a brunch or a barbecue and that you've you've given us a a diagram on how to set up the main table, how to do the uh, where to put the plates, how to have the the napkins, uh, um, there's a dessert table, a beverage table, all within the buffet. So it's all like so easy for people to see like where the cold dishes should be, where the hot dishes should be. This is fabulous. Yeah, I think that some of those basic elements, m- many of us have done buffets but had no idea that there was a, even a progression like going left to right around the table and that it's really important to do your cold foods first just for the guests so that they get the the best meal that you can possibly provide for them so their hot things stay hot longer by the time they get to their table and all of that. So it's all logical. It, dining in general and dining etiquette and, and the American and continental styles of eating, uh, all of those things are really logical. It's not meant to be stuffy. It's made to ma- make dining easy and elegant, and it's not that hard. Right. It's, it's really lovely. I'm loving the book. We actually, I spoke with Trina. We're going to have a giveaway of this cook. I keep saying cookbook. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have a giveaway of the book, uh, Which Fork Do I Use? Uh, by Rosemary Burns and Linda Reed. If you want to get a, be in the raffle for this book, you have to email me, Naomi at nachamsegal.com and I'll put you in there with a the raffle and we will, um, uh, draw the prize in a week or two. Um, and don't forget about the waffle, uh, giveaway too so we have two giveaways on this show awesome um okay linda this has been fabulous i absolutely love this book in fact you inspired me i got this book in the middle of our holiday season and because you have a whole themed dinner section in the back i made a themed dinner for uh, one of our holidays the holiday of um sukkot and i did a whole texas cowboy theme um, oh, and fun. i got i did all the cutlery and i did really like cool things and i got um Sheriff badges on Amazon, and I wrote everybody's names on it. That was at place cards, and that was all thanks to your inspiration. Wow, that's fabulous! Yeah, well, excited. I'm all right, excited. thank you very much for joining us, and well, uh, you'll keep us apprised if any new things coming out because I think this is absolutely fab. Well, we we will, and and just so that your listeners know, they can go to our website to order the book. Brilliant. Yeah, and our website is whichforkdoiuse.com, and they can find us on Twitter and Facebook. Great. Yeah, definitely. Put yep. your stuff out there. Thank you very yep. much for joining us. And uh, hopefully you'll be hearing from all the Table for Two listeners very soon. I hope so. Thanks so much, Naomi. All right. Take care. Bye, Linda. <laughs> Bye-bye. Oh, wow. That was so cool, right? 
I always wanted to like know the proper settings and like I love a beautiful table and with flowers and you know setting it right in Australia uh, where we got married we got cutlery sets for our wedding and they all came with fish forks Americans do not use fish forks so so um okay so we're gonna just do a little station ID this is table for two in the Nachman on the Nachum Siegel network our show is also heard on a Rutsheva English radio our show is sponsored by Abels and Hyman we taste better. See, I said that with a little American accent. Um, yeah, so we've had a really big action-packed show today. I am just finding all my notes because, you know, I want to just keep up with myself. It's it's really intense today, and I get very excited when I see cheese platters going on over here. So I have in the studio, oh, gosh, where do we even start? So Elizabeth Kratz and along Mark Budzen. Budzen. Bod, how do I, how do I say it with a mirror? Bodzen. Did um, I say it right? You did. Say okay. it however you'd like. Okay, Bodzen. Oh, I try to try to imitate the right way to say it. It's amazing. It's it's a fairly simple, straightforward name, and I've had more variations thrown at me through life. So. I know. It's crazy, right? So Elizabeth reached out to me. This is how the, uh, how they all came in, into the studio today. And right beginning of the summer, right. Elizabeth, why don't you tell the story? Okay. Am I on? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Hi. Um, basically I, I'm the editor of a Jewish newspaper, a weekly newspaper called the Jewish link of New Jersey. And in, uh, I guess it was a year ago before the summer, mm-hmm. uh, I came across this story, on Kickstarter, um, uh, a gentleman was interested in seeing if the kosher world would be would buy a kosher cheddar, a gourmet kosher cheddar. Okay. We've had a lot of cheese pass through this. Okay. And I was really studio. fascinated by it personally and became an early Kickstarter supporter of oh, this nice. mar- this basically nameless stranger, Mark Bodzen project. <laughs> Have you met um, before, by no, the way? No, we never met before today. So, today's oh, the first time. Oh, right. yay, right here on the Nacham Sickle right. Network. And I basically said, this is a great idea. I have never tasted a Vermont cheddar. I... You know, have heard. I've I've tasted many kinds of cheese. That we have we have a growing, beautiful gourmet food marketplace in the kosher world. But Vermont, do we have much from Vermont? Not a lot. Right. So he said, I have this deal with Shelburne Farms, which is a also a. We actually have Kate on the line oh, with okay. us as well. Hi, Kate. Hi. Okay, <laughs> we're just we're hearing the backstory. Right. Got it. So so I heard that Shelburne Farms was this amazing. You know, cheese making, working farm, uh, with you know their own cows, which they make into cheese the same day. The milk make, no, sorry, the cows are made. The milk is 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 made into cheese the same day, and it's a, they have an amazing product and they're very focused on quality. Okay. And he said in the Kickstarter campaign, I need to raise sixteen thousand uh, dollars to finance one kosher run of. Uh, one day's run of this cheese, and I, you know, I'm interested in other kosher foodies who might want to have a have a piece of this. Do you want to buy a pound? Buy two pounds? Buy five pounds, etc. And I was like, yes, I will buy this. Okay, I will pay thirty two dollars or whatever it was for, to support another kosher foodie, a, a guy, you know, who's going to do this. And Kickstarter has enough checks and balances where people feel like if. If you agree to buy this product, you will get eventually get it. Mm-hmm. And okay. a, a year, and so I ro- also wrote it up because I put on my journalist hat and I said, okay, "Hey, good. I love this idea, and I want to write you up." And that was uh, a year ago or so. I wrote an article about crowd, called "Crowdfunding a Kosher Vermont Cheddar," and it was published in the Jewish Link of New Jersey and probably also the Jewish Link of Bronx, Westchester, and Connecticut, which is our which is a co co-published. We're also affiliated with the Queen's Jewish Link. Okay. Uh, just, it's I co-owned. Think, but I think Esty Berkowitz writes for them as yes, well. Yes, I yep. believe so. Uh, but the, we, we are, the Jewish Link of New Jersey and the Jewish Link of Bronx are are editorially very connected. Queen's is mainly connected on the business side, on the ownership side. So their content is sometimes quite okay. a little bit different. But uh, anyway, the point is, we had an amazing time conversationally, I think, and I, be, I was basically very encouraging. I said, hey, this is a great idea. Can't wait to taste the cheese and the story. Goodbye. A year later, uh, I, I check in again. I, I taste the cheese. I say, this is, this is good. This is, in my opinion, high quality, and I want to write another article. And I, you know, wrote about what he did in the intervening year. And Mark has done some interesting things. And I, I said to myself, 
this is a great story. I, I, I think it's interesting. I think the kosher world should know about it, and that's why I emailed you. Well, I, I am so me. touched that you right. kept me in the loop, You're and welcome. so honored that you guys are here. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm so thrilled with the fact that when Elizabeth picked up the story, um, I mean, she saw this Kickstarter campaign that I, I had done, and was interested enough one to buy into it, and then to follow up, which is just, you know. It amazed me. The whole Kickstarter thing was basically a proof of concept. You know, are Jews willing and interested enough in buying cheese that they'll buy a product that they're not going to get for a year to two years out? It's like when you buy real estate in Israel from plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't always think about that. I would love to do that, right. but it's, and that's basically it. And it's we out had of grasp. And, you know, we sold. We had 600 people who bought cheese. I had people who bought cheese who don't like cheese. Because <laughs> it's such a cool concept <laughs> so, of what you did. We actually have on the phone Kate uh, Turcotte. I don't know how Turcotte. Turcotte, yeah. Turcotte. Okay, thank you. Hi, Kate. Thank you for joining us all yeah, the no way problem. from um, Vermont. Yeah, Shelburne, from Burlington, oh my God. Vermont, near Burlington, Vermont, and actually just seven miles south in Shelburne Farms. We've had a na- national show today because we had somebody on the show from uh, Oregon this morning. So uh, oh we're bringing the show all the way up to to you in Vermont. Thank you so much for joining us. You are the head cheesemaker. I am, yes. Okay, what is exactly does that mean? <laughs> that means that I'm in charge of the production of our cheese, um, and that's in charge of just the staff and the quality, and just um, we make 170,000 pounds of cheese a year, so I manage that side of things. Cool. So what? how many co- different kinds of cheeses? We actually only make one type. We make uh, cheddar. We make it every single day, seven days a week. This is what we have here. <laughs> exactly. Yes, oh, baby. Yes. So we and we kind of believe that you know we make one cheese and we want to make that cheese really well and especially you know we're a farmstead operation. So our cows, we only use milk from our cows from our farm. Oh, nice! I love that whole local, homegrown. There's yes, a... yes, and that's another thing about the farm too is that we're also an, uh, an educational. Um, uh, campus for people to come and see how cheese is made, you know, how cows are raised on pasture, and and so people can come and visit um, to see our whole entire operation. I want to come. Basically, by making one cheese and making it every single day, we're able to, you know, change as the seasons change. As you know, like this time of year, cows are starting to go inside a little more, so a little get get a little bit colder, and all of these things. And so we're able to, you know, make those changes in the cheese room you know, reflecting what's going on in the outside environment, so. Fantastic. Shelburne is the sort of farm that you need to take your family to. Elizabeth has has pushed me two or three times to actually try and organize with the farm to do, um, you know, a a gathering of people who want to do it because, you know, as We can make that happen. We can make that happen. We can. I mean, Shelburne does a lot of educational stuff. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not even. Oh, w- oh, maybe when the cheese is cut or distributed for the second time, the well, you'll talk about the Halvisrol run or whatever. But Halvisrol run. What? what? <laughs> but awesome. maybe when that maybe when that becomes available, you might have a day where people can come pick it up instead of having to pay a shipping fee. Or and we can get know. we can get the wine out there. We can oh, organize Jay Bookspam can do a wine and cheese. That would be amazing. I mean, Shelburne. I was there for the the um, when we were cutting cheese last time. And I so wished I'd brought my nephews. You know, you've got chickens running around. You've got goats running around. It is an educational farm. I love it. How um, far is it from New York City? It's about an eight-hour drive. An eight-hour drive. So we're talking an overnight yes. trip. I don't do eight hours in the car at one time. <laughs> Makes me nervous. You are dealing about eight. Yeah, it would be an overnight trip. So it's almost near Canada. Can it, I it's not far. I mean, the problem is um, the last two hours in Vermont are – it's not a large highway. And so, okay. you know, you're not doing 75 miles an hour. Ah, oh, it's so cool. Uh, it is stunning. I mean, it's just beautiful. The area is um, probably so crisp up there. <laughs> is that, it cold already there? Okay. Uh, I mean, we're, it was like, you know, 35 maybe this morning or something oh. like that. So we're starting to get some frost. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. It's all right. It's got, not, I, it's not, got it's not too bad though. Okay, cool. All right. I think it's time to try the cheese. Do you know that all of us at the Nachum Sigal Network, we love cheese. Nachum loves cheese. Miriam loves cheese. CK kind of loves cheese. <laughs> it's like, uh, Panina, do we like cheese? Yeah. All right. So talk to me. Talk to me what we have. The, I mean, this, we're not doing like when Brent or Brigitte comes in, we have eight cheeses. This is one cheese. 
It is one cheese. It's a cheddar. The fact that they only do one product was one of the things that drew me to them. Like I, when I was looking for product, I really wanted, I wanted a company that, you know, had a value system that I agreed with that was passionate about the product. And when you speak to anyone there, there's a pride in what they manufacture. Um, they're making one cheese. Uh, they don't even make it 365 days a year. There are times that the cows are down. They're not milking. Uh, it, it follows a, a natural system and the product comes out, um, and it's different every day. The, you know, the product. The product is different every day because really? the milk changes. Well, um, we, know, we know that like in winter, um, the, the cheeses taste different then. There's winter cheeses and summer cheeses. We know that from Brent Delman from the Cheese Guide. Do you, I don't know if you know him. I do. I've met Brent two or three times. Okay. Yeah. He makes excellent quality cheeses. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, I mean, Kate, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that, you know, the, the cows are, you know, eating various pasture every day. You know, so they go from, you know, one part of the field to the next. And there's going to be, vari- you know, variations, and the cheese will taste slightly different. Yeah, no, and I would say that, you know, basically, like, how every single day in Vermont is a little bit different. You know, it's like one day it will be, you know, sunny and gorgeous, the next will be raining. You know, basically all of those environmental changes affect our process and our cheese, you know, and also, too, because we're making it by hand, you know, so we aren't, um, you know, we have a staff here that makes it, and not everyone does it exactly the same. We try to do it as much as possible because right. we want we want a consistent product, but we also want it to be unique and, um, and to uh, basically, you know, translate the flavors of where we are. Wow, okay, let's try. So, so every season that you make this, the cheese has a slightly different taste? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say every single day there's some slight changes. Overall, in, in the summertime, you're going to have cheeses that are really bright yellow. Um, there's a lot of beta carotene in our pastures, and that gets translated into the cheese. In the wintertime, there's going to be higher fat, higher protein milk, and so it just kind of creates a very different cheese environment. It's going to be white um, as opposed to the summer, the yellow summer cheese. So, yeah, there's a lot of extreme different seasonal changes as well. I'm, j- I'm holding, um, I don't know if, if you're just tuning in now, um, listeners, um, but we have a uh, YouTube link um, on the on Nachum Siegel Net, and you can watch this show. And what I'm doing is I'm holding up to the camera the Shelbourne Farms uh, cheddar cheese, um, and it's, it's, there's a little sticker on it saying approximately one year old. It has the Hechsche here, which is the Va'ad of Massachusetts. That is correct. Um, and... And I just, it feels a little waxy. What is this coating? That's wax. Um, so I'm going to, while you talk, I'm sure. eating. Amen. Once they cut the cheese, um, they then dip the cheese into a clear wax and then oh they God. dip it twice into a, a brown wax. Um, it, one, the presentation is stunning, but it also helps preserve the cheese. Um, so you, you know, once that's cut, you have six months, eight months in your refrigerator where it's safe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. This is probably the, one of the best cheeses I've had in my life. I'm glad you enjoy it. And I've been travelled extensively through Europe and tried a lot of cheeses under excellent herches, um in Italy and in France and in Israel. And this is to die for. This is really amazing. ZK, you must, this is, you must try this cheese. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Is, thank you. I'm glad is, you enjoy it. Yeah, I have my my engineer is here and his daughter is here today joining us, and um, we are trying this cheese all together. <laughs> We're having a little cheese party. We've got cheese. Uh, we've got these delicious crackers. I actually like the crackers too. Grapes. And what should we do? Like we should switch it up with fruit. Look with yeah, ch- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with cheddar, traditionally you do apples, you do pears, uh, grapes. Um, I'm they all cry. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy it. This, like, is, so Naomi, this is what I was saying. I'm like, this is an important, good product. And the Jewish world should know about the fact that We're we having- can create a, the story. I'd like, actually, if possible, if we could take a moment and have Kate explain how she sourced a challah Yisroel yes. rennet, which is an amazing story, and the kosher world can do this. It is possible to make... I, this, see, these are one of my questions about rennet. <laughs> right. why, why is rennet not kosher to begin with? Maybe, Mark, you can answer that, and then we're going to switch on to Kate while I eat my cheese and pear. So, Please, DK. 
keep eating. <laughs> it, so it's not an issue of rennet being kosher. It's a question of is it a microbial rennet or an animal rennet? Um, and when they're animal rennets, we tend not to use them because it, you know that's basar v'chalav. But um, microbial rennets are no problem. Um, Which what does that mean exactly? I'm what not is a, sure. What is a rennet? A rennet uh, is the star so, yeah, that yeah. acidifies. Uh, sorry. Right. No, no. Actually, so oh. the rennet is the, the coagulum. Good. You can take my job. <laughs> no, no, right. Sorry. So, she writes. I talk. Same okay. job. Same job. All right. So we were talking about how you know the cheese can change day to day because of small factors. Well, the truth is there's very little that goes into cheese. You've got milk. You've got rennet, which is the co- coagulant. It actually solidifies the cheese. That's what rennet does. That's what rennet does. Makes curds and whey. Yep. Um, right. I actually... I, when I went to cooking school this past summer, I, we separated butter, and it was into curds and whey. Um, you've got the starter, which acidifies the milk and gives it the cheese the flavor, or it's partially, it's part of what gives the cheese the flavor, and salt. So those four components are the only things that really go into cheese, other than technique. Um, you know, how small do you cut the curd, um, and that will affect how much liquid drains out of it, um, so there are a number of things, but there are four things that go into cheese. So the milk, for the most part, is always going to be kosher. Milk, yep, check. All right. The rennet, providing it is a microbial rennet, will be kosher. Um, the starter is the problem, and the starter is where I give Kate credit, and I'm glad she didn't shoot me. because <laughs> We're glad to. <laughs> Chalav Yisrael um, starter is manufactured once a year for Passover. What do you mean starter? I mean um did I say start? So the, the sorry, the, the, I know the, the culture. The, the culture. culture. I know sorry. what a starter is for sourdough bread. Sourdough. It's yeast and water and you let it sit till it so, no, rots or grows or whatever. Grows the mold. Yeah, the I'm sorry, the culture uh, is manufactured once a year. Um, for this farm. No. Khalifsal culture is manufactured for Passover for Pesach and Pesach only. It's a company out of um Kate, the company's out of Italy. Oh. Or is out of France? Oh, France, France. Out, out of France. But for the whole world? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad we all are hearing this first mm-hmm. right here on Table for Chill. So because it's manufactured once a year, um, for whatever reason, the company freeze-dries it, and it comes on dry ice, um, which, one, Shelburne doesn't do anything, um, doesn't have the, the facilities to keep things on dry ice. Um, and when they send you a case of um, culture, of starter, it's, it makes a lot of cheese, a lot more than they make in a day. Um, the case had 10 packets, and I think you used, Kate, you guys used half a packet for the, for a day's production? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there was enough for 20 days manufacturing. Um, I'm taking some more cheese oh, while you talk, because this is please. like, I'm dying. This is amazing, um, right, guys? So okay. The, there, were, there were some logistical issues with um, making the Chalib Sorrel product. I wish it were easier. Um, and there, there are challenges that need to be overcome in order to do, to do this again. Kate was a trooper and made it happen. Um, Thank you, Kate. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, yeah, and I would say, too, that, like, you know, if we're, as you heard, we do the same thing pretty much every single day. So I think that, you know, doing something a little bit different was a nice challenge for us, you know. Okay, and there good. was a little bit of a hiccup, you know, when something arrives on your doorstep and it's supposed to be kept at negative 50 degrees, you know. <laughs> so, But that's another really great thing about Vermont is that I put out a call to all these cheesemakers being like, does anyone have anything, any way to be able to keep something at negative 50? And, you know, right away someone called me up and I brought it up that day, you know. So it, it's, it's it's really supportive community and we were able to make it work. I love that. I yeah. love that. I love the whole connectiveness of of you know, the cheese foodie group, so to speak. That that is one of the amazing things. I mean, you know, I've been in the food industry in various forms for years, and it is very rare that you meet someone who's not happy. I mean, you've got to be insane to be a foodie. You've got to be insane (laughs) to be in the industry. I hear it. I hear it. For the most part, you've got to love what you do. Well, with anything, you have to love what you do. Yeah, but foodies, you spend, think about how many hours you spend doing things. I know. Like, you can very easily go to a store and buy a challah, or... If you're crazy, like certain people I know, you can make your own sourdough so that you can make sourdough bread. Yeah, you know, I've done that. Yeah, you know, it was three weeks of feeding flour <laughs> feeding, to this yeah. goo. Um, I, I hear that. I hear in San Francisco their sourdough tastes completely different mm-hmm. than our sourdough because of the yeah, air. It's, yeah, it's you know you've got different uh, bacteria you know floating through the air, and so there are different flavors. That is so cool. So that I guess that affects the cheese. You know. Yeah, well, the grass, I mean, you know, if it were wine, they'd call it terroir. Terroir, we know that word here. But, you know, cheese, it's the same thing. What sort of, you know, what sort of grass, what sort of vegetation are they eating? 
Um, how much are they moving? I was shocked when I first saw them making the cheese at how yellow um, the top layer of the, the milk was because it's all, you know, butterfat. I mean, it, right. was, it was all fat. Just it, And it's amazing because when you see milk, you pour it out of the container. It's, and it's white. Yeah. You know, or if it's skim milk, it's bluish. Um, if it's what? Skim milk, it's bluish. Bluish, yeah. I don't love skim milk. <laughs> it's got to have a little fat in it. Um, but, you know, it's when you're up there and you're seeing it and you're smelling it and you're tasting it, it's just, it's a completely different reality. Um, it, it, when I first, you know, when I first started this whole search, I didn't realize just how torturous it was going to be because I found a company whose product um, I was just in sync with when I first contacted Shelburne. Yeah, tell, um, tell us a little bit about that story from your side. I was working in... While I, while I eat some more cheese. Oh, please. I was... <laughs> I was working in a uh, upside down. There you go. Yeah, um, we'll talk about cheese knives soon. Yeah, I was working in a job, and I had I had always wanted to do something different. And um, at some point, um, a friend had introduced me to Kickstarter, and I realized that I could actually make I could do a run of a good cheese without having to put up you know twenty thousand dollars in order to make it happen. Right. So one of the challenges that you have if you're starting your own business, especially a food business, is you have to make a product. Um, once you've made it, you need to get it into supermarket shelves. You need to get it into people's mouths so they can taste it. And then they need to buy it. And before you know it, a year or two has gone by and you get some of your investment back. If you don't have, and there's that risk that entire time you spent the year, you've spent the money. Um, and if you can't sell it, you're in trouble. So the whole crowdsourcing thing allowed me to put out this idea and say, all right, folks, we talk about wanting product, um, Let's do this. And I started contacting cheese companies. I, I started looking for award-winning cheddar companies because I really wanted a good cheddar. Um, and, you know, I had lived in Chicago, so I was looking through Wisconsin. I live in New Jersey now. And at first I started looking on Long Island to see if there were any cheese companies that were doing cheddars. And then I was looking in Amish country. But I, I feel Vermont is synonymous with good cheese. Yes. No, Vermont and Wisconsin are going to be where you're, right. you know, you're not going to go wrong. Um, and I did a search in Vermont, and there were three companies that really came up. I started contacting them. And now here is this lone crazed Jew who's calling a company saying, by the way, I don't want to buy product, but I want to offer it for sale. And if we sell a day's run, would you be willing to make it for us? And by the way, before we can do all that, we need to make sure that your facilities can be made kosher. Um, <laughs> They're like, say what? That, uh, well, actually, most of them never contacted me back. Okay. But um, their loss. I opened up this line of you know dialogue with Shelburne, and the more that I started speaking to the people there, the more I realized it is the perfect farm for this. Um, and so, uh, I sent a video crew there to do some shooting of the um, facilities. Brought it back to a studio that I've worked with in the past in um, outside of Philadelphia. Okay. We edited the, this. You know, this video and I put it out and, you know, put it on Kickstarter, put out, a, you know, the word to Facebook and to friends and said, all right, if you guys like, you know, good cheddar, get the word out. And because there's such a lack of product, Jewish foodies get the word out like you would not. Believe. Yeah. Now more than ever. Yeah. Wait till this year. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, it, you know, I started seeing these numbers, you know, increase and increase. And, you know, before I knew it, we had a day's run sold. So I contacted Shelburne and said, we're on. Um, and, you know, when Kickstarter, basically the way Kickstarter works is if you fund, you get enough of your funding. At the end, uh, your end date, they close it off, charge everyone's credit cards. A week or so later, they transfer funds to your company account. Um, I then, um, and you then go ahead and start spending money in order to manufacture whatever you need to manufacture. So we finished off the run. We'd sold a day and a half, a day and a quarter's production. Um, and, you know, set about setting a date so that we could do a kosher run. You know, I had to have um, the rabbis from Nevada, Massachusetts go and take a look, and we had to order, you know, figure out what we're going to do in order in order to um, order, you know, kosher run it and kosher um, starter. Um, we set a date, and before I know it, we manufacture cheese, and it's aging for a year. So this whole time, I've seen the cheese made, I've been there, I've smelled the product, and I didn't even, we sent out the first batch. I didn't even try it because. Really? I, well, so <laughs> w- w- 
Um, I did, wanted to make sure that everyone had product in hand. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Um, there shouldn't have been any problem. It was just one of those things. I just wanted to make sure everyone had it before I tried it. Um, and at a certain point, I was speaking to a friend. He was like, how can you not? Mind? You know, so I tried it, and it was just, it was I mean, amazing. I, I love this stuff. I mean, it's right. phenomenal. Right. So from your first thought about this to when this came out, this is from the first run, That's correct? from the first run. How uh, long was that? Uh, a year or two years? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Fantastic. And now you were working on the next run. So when we cut and processed the first batch, we did a second run, which is the Khalib Israel run, which will be ready in January, February. We still need to, um, at some point, Kate is going to have to go in and test it to find out when it's going to be uh, ready. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, I mean, Do you have to go in with a rabbi or anything? Yes, because okay. right now everything... Um, is under lock and key, so to speak. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. Um, um, and and when will this be available as Chav Israel? Um, when we know that it's ready to be cut. About. Hopefully January, February. In the winter, but in the winter months. If they go in and you know say that it, you know should be aged an extra five or six months, we age it an extra five or six uh-huh. months. Okay. So, Fair enough. Right. The we nice want thing, perfection. Well, that's it. That's the nice thing about doing it this way. You know, if I had commitments to stores where this needed to be on the shelves, you know, come January first, you do it and you lose some quality. Don't need to do that with this. So, so if you want to get a hold of, the, are they all pre-sold? No, actually, I have not sold any of the Fall of Israel yet. I have. I'm taking um, anyone who goes to MunkleArks.com. Oh, okay. This is the funniest thing. Just say why. Say it again slowly so, and why. It, um, think Uncle Marks, but put the M first. So it's MunkleArks.com. So gorgeous. It's my nephews. When I first, um, when they were younger, used to call me Uncle Ark instead of Uncle Mark, and so it just sort of stuck. That's gorgeous. Thank you. Um, so if they go there and email me. I'll put them on a list. And the moment that the cheese is ready, I'm going to email and everyone. And it's a block exactly like this? Um, it will probably not be. We probably won't be um, coating it in wax just to try and cut down the extra cost of the the additional cost of, uh, because of, of the Chalim Israel. Um, so I want to get that price down to as close as possible as this. <laughs> How um, much about? So the che- We're not going to hold you to anything. Right. Don't worry. The cheese is about twenty twenty one a pound, and shipping is another $10 a pound. I'm trying to do – one of the other things I'm trying to do is figure out a way of distributing it throughout the New York and Boston um, areas, which are the biggest marketplaces. Right. Us. So this is about $20-something a block for this yes. one pound and mm-hmm. then 10 bucks for shipping. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Wow. This is really cool. I love this. I'm glad you enjoy it. And it has a little bit about the story in the back. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there's actually no – so once you slice it, you have to Ziploc bag it? Yeah. Saran wrap it? I would um, do it in plastic wrap um, with a you know rubber band. You don't want to – you don't want an airtight container. You don't want condensation. Um, you know, uh, so if you do it in a um, like a plastic wrap, eat, eat, everyone, eat. <laughs> okay, um, and that will keep it. And that will keep, keep it. Yeah, you'll. Okay. Um, so if you want to buy it, not Chavisrael, like I personally not Chavisrael. So initially, we didn't have any extra. We sold out. Um, I Before think. Before anyone tasted the cheese, yes. right? It's amazing. <laughs> it's faith. It's good faith that, it is. that you know you're going to get something fab. Um, and I've, I've had people who have bought, you know, eight, ten pounds who said that they've already gone through it and they want more. Um, I, have uh, a, yeah. I have a friend who hides it from her kids. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I'd be hiding that from my husband because he loves cheese. <laughs> so um, some within the next week or two, I'll find out how much more we have for sale. Uh, and then we'll put the rest of it up for sale, and you know it'll be a first come first serve. I'm gonna totally. Now, how do we get that? Because I know I want to buy one. Once again, just go to Uncle Arks. Uh, yes, go to Uncle Arks and let me know. Okay, and um, you'll put me on a list, and mm-hmm. you'll say, "Name, it's ready." Put your credit card through, and that's it. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Bob's your uncle, but it's really Mark. That Mark's your uncle. <laughs> this is cool. Okay, so talk about some little bit of pairings. Why grapes? Why pears? Ha <laughs> ha. Get it? What? Okay. <laughs> That was a little, 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 a little, not a great joke. <laughs> okay. Um, traditionally, the the sugars with the apples and the pears um, mesh nicely with a uh, a younger cheddar. You know, if it were a really sharp cheddar, oh. you want something that's got a bit more. But a this still has. It's still very creamy, and the, the you, you prepare. Okay. You've got about right. five minutes okay. left. Um, so the the grapes and the apples and the pears just it. They're beautiful tastes with this. Um, mm. A good stout is also beautiful with this, but I wasn't sure whether I should have brought one in. Beer, beer and cheese, I heard, is like a thing these mm-hmm. days. 
Well, you know, your traditional plowman's lunch is going to be cheddar, apple. And beer. And beer. Really? Hmm. So you want something that's going to cut the fat and the cheese. Um, And it's going to taste, you know, nice. This is divine. The nice thing about a good cheddar is you don't need anything else with it. Yeah, you you can eat a plain. Glass of wine. It could be a very dangerous thing if you can sit down. I feel bad Jay Booksbaum is not with us. He would really enjoy this. (laughs) Jay's, you know who Jay Booksbaum is? I do. He's the marketing director of Cadam, and we have a lot of fun. We do wine and cheese pairings Mm -hmm. on the show. We're just wine and fun (laughs) pairings. Um, And, yeah, this is really something special. Um, Okay, we've had a really big lineup. Um, Any, any, uh, we have Elizabeth wants to say something. I will do a plug for the Jewish Link of New Jersey. Okay. I'm the editor. Um, and we we have in the last couple of months started to really focus a little more, have some independent reporting on food stories. And I'm Ooh. proud of it. So keep me, connect, keep me in the loop. Oh, yes, of course. I'm proud of it because you and I share something in common in that we're both graduates of the Center for Kosher Culinary Arts. Oh, you went there Professional program, yes. Oh, I, so I did the summer program oh, okay. at, right, here, right here at Ramaz. Right, Ramaz on the Upper West, upper East Side, right? Oh, Very, yeah. No, I, it was amazing. I was a 2009 graduate oh, yeah, of early on. Chef Avram Wiseman's yeah, program. the best. With, uh, and then after that program, I even said to Jesse Blonder, yep. who was, hi, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Big shout out to CKCA. Um, I said to Jesse, I was in between journalism jobs at the time and I said Jesse you have a great product here similar to what I said to Mark and I said I think that you are doing something interesting and different and I would like to help you build your social media presence so we put I like I feel you know some measure of proudness you know pride that I was the first I brought the first 500 likes first thousand likes to the CKCA on Facebook and did a little Twitter, but they do much better now. They're yeah, all over Arlette, Instagram. Arlette, now. Arlette, Arlette, Arlette is amazing yes. with that. Yes. I was one of their first teachers before they even had the recreational program. Oh, very When nice. they had the recreational program before oh, the professional lovely. started. Oh, right. I love, I love I, that place in Florida. I had a great time this summer. I learned mm-hmm. so much. Such, it's such a loving, the, all the, all the chefs, I don't know who, I don't know who your chef instructor was, but they're so, just they're they're so knowledgeable. They have just more information about food in their in their little finger than they do than so many people. And it's just uh, such fabulous. a lovely, supportive yeah. environment. And I love being an alum of that program. Yeah. And so I in this job at the Jewish Link of New, Jer- New Jersey, I feel that I can meld both of those things when I have the time. When my boss lets me write food stories, he loves having me write these stories. But right. they do take a little more time. But um, I have been able to do some things about. Um, Appreciating artisan kosher wines, um, some kinds of some discussions of very tiny little vineyards in Israel that are, you know, being distributed only in a few places in the New York area. Um, just kind of some fun, like a like a, the lightest colored uh, rosé on the market that is kosher. Very nice, like you know, and it's and it's fifty dollars a bottle, but it's worth it. Things like that. So anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, you know, happy to be here, and I really, I just, I love kosher food, and I love that we're able to put you guys in touch and no i i really food. appreciate i feel like we have the same job i right. talk and you write the same right. we're writing the same stuff we're all part of this foodie community together That's which it. is insane. And without without you know what you both do you know it's you know what i do is nearly impossible you know it really is it's if a I, team effort it is and we have kosher fest coming up right we have kosher feast Coming up with uh, Esti Berkowitz and and um, Roberta Shaw, her the kosher feast. Make sure you check out your tickets for all that stuff. And of course, the Kosher Food Bloggers Conference. Mm-hmm. You must be coming to that. That uh, that's an amazing thing. We've got a minute left. We have got to just wrap up now. Okay. What? Oh, Kate, are you there on the phone? I am. Hi, love. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. <laughs> ZK said Kate's on the phone still. Um, yeah, just stick around with us for a minute. I'm going to have a quick wrap up in a second. But, you know, like there's so much foodie stuff going on. Um, and I really, I just cannot get over, um, you know, what's going on. We should all stay in touch. You guys should come down to Kosher Fest, all three of you. Together, Kosher Fest, Kosher Feast, like get in touch with all the real kosher foodies out there that are just so beyond passionate about what <laughs> what we do. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachman Siegel Network. Thank you, Kate from Vermont. Thank you, oh. Elizabeth from New Jersey. Thank you, Mark Budson. Thank you. Creator Thank and you. founder of the kosher line of the amazing Shelbourne 
cheddar cheese farm and he's brought that to the table and Elizabeth thank you for bringing it to my attention uh, we also had uh, uh, Linda Sadaka mums on a mitzvah make sure to sign up for the bake sale sign up for my table be fun and then of course we had Linda Reed with the amazing giveaway of which fork do I use email me Naomi at knuckumseagull.com if you want to win this book okay I think my time is up our show is sponsored by Abel's and Hyman we taste better and we have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up until candle lighting good shelves everybody see you next week Shabbat Shalom happy cooking Cooking!